Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Georgia Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, G. Today I'm going to talk about something that absolutely grinds my gears, so to speak, when it comes to modern mixed martial arts, and that is the verbal fighter. And then I'm going to preview UFC 272, Covington versus Masvidal, give my predictions for the entire card, and, and I'm going to try something different for this pay-per-view. I'm going to be joined by my wife, Elaine. Uh, yeah, I know, uh, George and Elaine, <laughs> Seinfeld reference. <laughs> in picking uh, the main card winners and maybe in just a little bit of a talk about the fights uh, as I go through the preview. Personally, I don't get the guys who talk like they're doing pro wrestling promos before every fight. Uh, I've always viewed mixed martial arts as an extension of, you know, your traditional martial arts or just any sort of martial art in general. And therefore, you know, hinged around the concept of honor in battle. The way guys like Conor McGregor, Colby Covington, Chael Sonnen, way before them, talk and, and portray themselves as anything but honorable. It sucks that the casual fan uh, keeps buying the pay-per-views because of these guys. And it makes these behaviors that they have acceptable. Of course, the UFC is out to make money, so they encourage this to an extent. I don't know of anyone that's been punished for a whole lot of their wild behavior if they're a draw. Um I know when Conor McGregor lost his shit and assaulted a bus with a dolly uh, that was filled with fighters, mind you. He was not punished by the UFC. And according to multiple internet sources, he accepted a plea deal on the criminal charges that dismissed all felony counts, required him to complete five days of community service, undergo an anger management evaluation, and pay restitution to the bus company. Uh, essentially, he pled guilty to one count of disorderly conduct. Um, that seems silly to me. You know, he cost the UFC fights. Um, just so you know, Michael Chiesa and Ray Borg were both pulled from fights that night. Uh, Michael Chiesa had a cut on his head. Uh, Ray Borg had glass in his eyes. And, um, you know, and, and just a, a little side note. You know, the a third person claimed mental trauma from the incident and said it flashed her back to similar events that haunted her childhood, and that was Thug Rose. Of course, there are a ton, uh, there are a ton of Connor moments where he ran his mouth at opponents, still does, and he's only won one damn fight since 2016. A lot of people love him despite the fact that he's pretty much a shit human. And I can only guess... <clears throat> That is because he has branded himself essentially to the equivalent of, of a WWE heel. I could spend all day talking about just Connor, and honestly, I, I'll, I'll be straight with everyone. I dislike him. I dislike his fans. Um, it's just I don't like that that type of personality. Uh, you know, Chel Sonnen is another one. He made a career of being a mouthpiece. And while he didn't cause property damage or injure fighters outside of the cage like Connor did, you know, his mouth kept him relevant. And it still does as he hosts a podcast and he does some other MMA-related things. Um, you know, most notably for him, 
in 2010, he, he dominated Anderson Silva, who at the time most people thought was invincible. And uh, for four rounds, he just absolutely destroyed Anderson only to get triangle choked in the fifth round. And then he would start saying that he was the real champion and, and this, that, and the other. But he didn't win the fight. Anderson Silva won the fight. And that's, you know, crazy, you know. And that kind of gets us into the way that Colby Covington is. You know, and he's lost two out of his last three fights. And he talks and he says things. And he even says that he's the pound-for-pound greatest fighter in the fighter in the UFC. Out of his 16 professional wins, he has four submissions and four knockouts. So out of 16 wins, he has eight finishes. That's 50% finish rate. Man, your, your top guys should have a much higher finish rate than 50%, or at least in my eyes. You know, I don't expect, you know, them to get a finish every time out, but they shouldn't be going to a decision more often than not. You know, I, I like confidence, but where the fuck does this get, guy get that he's anything but a, a, just a good fighter that, that understands how to manage a fight and get to a decision? These three, among others, have made it a point to really be like a WWE superstar on the mic. You know, I don't see anything honorable about that. I, I'll never like it at all. Sadly, it bleeds over into young fighters who think that the way to get noticed isn't through skill, but through how you talk. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mention that if you look on the internet, you can find lists that say like the the top 12 uh, best trash talkers in the UFC. And, you know, I'm just going to go through it real quick. And that those 12 are Dan Hardy. Ronda Rousey, Nate Diaz, BJ Penn, Joss Koscheck, Tito Ortiz, Nick Diaz, Dominic Cruz, Michael Bisbing, Colby Covington, Chael Sonnen, Conor McGregor. Some of those more than others, and and I know that there's probably people that listen and now follow uh, MMA that may not know who Dan Hardy is or may not know who Josh Koscheck is or even Tito Ortiz because they came around um, – a lot earlier, but, um, you know, that's, that's just a list of some of the top trash talkers, which essentially is a list of people that I really don't like as fighters. So, so back on to what this does to young guys, you know, uh, you'll see these local shows. I don't, I don't know anyone that's not in West Virginia has this phenomenon also, but here we have, hype videos that are made for local shows, and they they drive me absolutely insane. Like, these guys really want to act like these idiots, essentially, that portray themselves the way that they do to be trash talkers. Uh, Let's just be honest. For the local guys here in West Virginia, most of them, they're wasting their time making these videos. Don't even fucking train. I had a kid, he, he fought um, last year, uh, his opponent was making all those stupid-ass videos, uh, acting like Macho Man Randy Savage, and, and this, that, and the other, um, only to lose the fight, you know, like, 
bro, go fucking train. My guy, he had minimal training at best. I mean, I missed a lot of training time with him last year because I had various health issues that I was dealing with that I am not dealing with now. And, you know, what my guy got was good training whenever I could be there and whenever I started getting more healthy, it got better. And his opponent, instead of being laser-focused on the task at hand, which would have been beating my guy, you know, he was more worried about make-believe nonsense, you know, pretending to be Macho Man. And 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 I don't know, I, I guess you would go ahead and say that it's within the, the realm of the old quote of putting asses in the seats. But I don't know that he really had that many people there that were his fans either. Uh, and if that guy hears this, I, I'm sorry, dude, but you absolutely got dominated against a kid with like six to eight weeks of hard training before the fight. You know, before that, he was in the gym, but he he wasn't with my direction. He only had his boxing coach's direction before that. So his grappling, which is what we used to win the fight, wasn't um, getting the same level of attention that it got during the uh, the final parts of his of his uh, camp. So, yeah, people want to brand themselves as a shit talking loser like their hero Conor McGregor. You know, that's crazy to me. The dude doesn't win fights anymore, but he keeps saying to people that he's going to get a title shot in his next fight. And it's wild that because of the way that he portrays himself, he's afforded these opportunities without um, earning them, essentially. he earned, he, He's being rewarded for just being a talker. Um, you know, in a perfect world, the two the fighters go out, shake hands, they fight, they hug it out afterwards, and then they get on their social medias and talk about how it was such an honor to fight against you know their opponent. But then sadly, as MMA has grown, a lot of that has gone away. You know, a, a lot of the honor, a lot of the uh, you know. Really, for lack of a better word, the lack, uh, you know, the a lot of the honor and respect has gone away, and there will always be cases like this weekend's main event. I do want to mention that there's absolutely bad blood between, you know, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Um, you know that'll, of course, involve some amount of talk, but Covington does that about everybody. He is. Uh, he's talked about people that are in different weight classes. He's talked about female fighters. He's talked about stuff that has nothing to do with MMA. He's just a mouthpiece, and it's bothersome. I mean, look, the dude can't beat Kamaru Usman, but he keeps getting, um, you know, high level fights and main events, and he keeps telling, or I think he had a quote that said, you know, like. Eight out of ten times he beats Usman. Well, he's 0-2 against him, so he's going to say that he's going to win the next fucking eight times? Come on, guys. Well, anyway, uh, so that's, you know, just my little rant for today about um, it's kind of just a smidgen of personal branding. Um, I have a whole episode about personal branding and, and my experience with it. That'll come out sometime in the future. Um, I have notes on it. I haven't written or I haven't started to record it, that is. But, um, you know, that's just uh, something down the road that'll come down the pipe. 
Um, but uh, for now, guys, that's where I'm at with this one. Uh, let's get into the predictions for UFC 272. UFC 272 is going to take place at the T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, the early prelims are set to start at 6 p.m. on UFC Fight Pass. Um, last pay-per-view, the early prelims were supposed to be on Fight Pass, and they actually were on ESPN+. Plus. So I, I don't know if it's going to be the same way or not. Uh, the first fight of the night is a light heavyweight fight. It's between Dustin Jacoby and Mikhail Oleksiewicz. I don't know. But anyway, Jacoby is 16-5-1. Olek is 16-4 uh, with one no contest. Jacoby has 10 knockouts and one sub on his record. He's 4-0-1 in the UFC, and he's on a two-fight winning streak. Um, the other dude is 11 knockouts on his record, one submission, 5-2 and two in the UFC. Uh, he had a two-fight winning, or he's on a two-fight winning streak. He started out three and zero in the UFC. Then he lost to uh, OSP and Crute whenever he stepped up in competition, and then he won his last two. Um, I went with Mikhail Olasechuk. I don't know, man, for the win on that fight. Uh, the next fight is at lightweight. Oh, and that last fight was a pick'em. There was no line on it. Still, this morning, day of, no line. Um, the next fight is a lightweight fight. It's between Devontae Smith and Ludovic Klein. Uh, Smith is eleven and three. He has ten knockouts and one sub on his record. He's three and two in the UFC, and he lost his last fighting or his last outing. Um, he's a minus one fifty five favorite. Over Klein. Klein is 17 and 4. He has eight knockouts and eight submissions on his record. He's 1 and 2 in the UFC and he has a two fight losing streak. Um, he is a slight underdog at plus 135. Um, I went with Klein. I mean, guys that have two losses in a row usually wanted a little bit more. So I kind of feel like he might come out and get the win over Smith in that fight. Uh, the next fight is at Flyweight. Um, it is between number 13, Tim Elliott, and number 15, Tiger Olenbikov. Olenbikov? Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, Elliott is 18-12-1. He's been around the block. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he has three knockouts and six submissions, so he's, he's a grinder. He's 6-10 and 10 in the UFC. He made his US debut, or UFC debut way back the 5th of May, 2012, against John Dodson. Um, he lost a unanimous decision in his last outing. Uh, Ola Bukov is 14-1. He has two knockouts and six subs, so he's a bit of a grinder also with eight decisions in, on his uh, career. He is 2-0 in the UFC. He is a, he's on a five-fight winning streak, and he won his last fight by split decision. And if I'm not mistaken, he's part of those Dagestani fighters. Um, they have him listed as a minus 255 favorite. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to grind Tim Elliott out in this one and gain another decision win. Um, the main or the... the Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> the feature fight on the early prelims is between 
Brian Kelcher and Umar Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Um, I think it's a lightweight fight. I didn't write it down. But uh, Kelcher is 24 and 12. He has eight knockouts and 10 submissions on his record. Eight and five in the UFC. He's on a two-fight winning streak, and he, he won his last fight via unanimous decision a little under two months ago, January 15, 2022. And uh, Umar Nurmagomedov is 13-0. and 0. He has one knockout and six submissions. He's 1-0 in the UFC. He's, obviously, he's on a 13-fight winning streak because he's never lost as a professional. And uh, he won his last fight by submission in the second round. And this is Khabib's cousin. Um, this has the, the widest margin on the whole card when it comes to the line. They have Nurmagomedov as a minus... 675 favorite and in this fight that's who I'm going to take to win um I don't know if I said who I was going to win in the one before that but I took Tagir Ulambekov in that one if I hadn't the prelims are going to be at 8 p.m on ESPN plus uh the first fight on the prelim card is a women's flyweight fight it's between Marina Moroz and Mariah Agapor. Agapova. Um, Morose is 10 and 3. She has one knockout and five submissions. She's 5 and 3 in the UFC. She's on a two fight winning streak. Um, when I was looking up her record, uh, Tapology shows canceled fights, and she's had 10 canceled fights since she had started fighting in the UFC. Um, she won her last fight via unanimous decision, if I didn't already mention that. Um, Agapova is 10 and 2. She has three knockouts and five submissions. She's two and one in the UFC. She's on a she won her last fight out after her first loss in the UFC. Uh, she won her last fight by third round submission. They have her listed at a minus one eighty favorite, and uh, that is who I'm going to win this fight is Agapova. The next fight on the prelims is at light heavyweight, and it's between Nikolai Nagamurano. And Kennedy and Chukwu. Um, Nikolai is 11 and 1. He has seven knockouts and three subs on his record. He's 2 and 1 in the UFC. He lost his UFC debut and he's won his last two fights. And he won his last fight by TKO in the first round. Uh, Kennedy is 9 and 2. He has six knockouts. He's four and two in the UFC. And he lost his last fight out by KO in the first round. Um, they have Kennedy listed as a minus one forty five favorite, and in this fight, I went with the plus one twenty five underdog Nikolai Nigamarano. The next fight on the prelims is a women's strawweight fight, and it's between number three Marina Rodriguez. And number four, Yan Zanan. Uh, Rodriguez is uh, um, 15, 1, and 2 in her career. She has six knockouts and one submission, so she's a bit of a grinder. Uh, I mean, especially having two draws. She's 5, 1, and 2 in the UFC, and she is on a three-fight winning streak. Yan Zananen is uh, 13 and 2 with one no contest. She has five knockouts, so she's a bit of a grinder also. She's 6 and 1 in the UFC. 
she lost her last fight out to uh, Carla Esparza by decision. And they have her listed a plus 205 dog. And Marina Rodriguez is a minus 255 favorite. In this fight, I went with Rodriguez as winning. Uh, the next fight's at lightweight. And it's between Jalen Turner and Jamie Malarkey. There's a lot of people that are high on this Turner kid. Um, he's 12-5. and five. He has eight knockouts and three submissions to his record. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC, and he is on a, a three-fight winning streak, and all three fights are stoppages. And Malarkey's 14-4. He has 10 knockouts and three subs. So both of these guys have only went to decision once as a pro in a win. Um, he's two and two in the UFC. Malarkey is, and he's on a two fight winning streak of his own. Uh, they listed Turner as a minus one fifty five favorite. Malarkey is a plus one thirty five dog. Uh, I went with the guy that everybody's high on, this Jalen Turner kid. The UFC two seventy two main card is on ESPN Plus pay per view. Starts at ten p.m. tonight. Um, the first fight of the night. Actually, before I get to that, I'm going to mention that for the picks on the main card, I'm going to be joined by my wife, Elaine. She says that I don't pick with my heart, but I read way too much uh, statistics and don't, I guess, I don't know, fuck, whatever with my heart when I'm pick, making these picks. Going go with my gut, whatever it is she says. I swear I try to listen to her at times. But uh, the first fight is a heavyweight fight. It is between Sergi Spivak and Greg Hardy. Uh, Spivak is 13 and three. He has five knockouts and six submissions on his record. He's four and three in the UFC. And he lost his last fight by TKO in the first round. Hardy is seven and four. He has one no contest on his record. He has six knockouts out of his seven wins. He's four and four in the UFC with one no contest. He's on a two fight losing streak. And he lost his last fight by KO at one minute and seven seconds in the first round to Tuavasa. So he got knocked out by the guy that just put out the Black Beast. Almost as quickly as the guy put out the Black Beast. Uh, they have Spivak as a minus 190 favorite and Hardy as a plus 160 underdog. I'm going to go with Spivak. Who are you going to take? I guess... I thought it was Spivak. Well, whatever, Spivak. That's, that's Anybody I'm that's listening to me, they realize that I fuck up names. You miss, there's a couple names that are like nine miles long on the prelims and early prelims, and I butchered the shit out of them. Um, the next fight is at welterweight, and it's between uh, Kevin Holland and Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, Holland is 21 and seven, one no contest. He has 11 knockouts and six submissions on his, uh, out of his 21 wins, five and two in the UFC with one no contest. His last fight was his no contest and there was a crazy incidental headbutt. He got knocked out in the cage. They gave his opponent the win and then they called it a no contest at cage side, um, his opponent from that fought last week or the week before, and I don't remember what that guy's name was. Um, he won his first five fights in the UFC before uh, before a two-fight losing streak and then the no contest, so he's kind of uh, in flux, and he's also ranked number 14. Um, he's fighting Cowboy Oliveira, who's 21-11-1 with two no contests. He has 12 knockouts and five submissions on his record. 
He's 11 and 9 and won no contest in the UFC. So this is his 22nd UFC start. Uh, he's on a three-fight losing streak. Usually people get the three fights lost in a row and they're cut, but they keep Cowboy around because he's just durable. Uh, he lost his last fight by a unanimous decision. They have Holland at minus 320 favorite, and they have Oliveira at a plus 250 underdog. This is my upset of the main card. I think that Cowboy comes out knowing that he has to win or he's going to get released. And he somehow is able to beat Kevin Holland that people think is on the rise in this welterweight division. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going with Holland. <laughs> um, yeah, figured. <laughs> well, the, the next fight is at featherweight. And it is between uh, number 10 Edson Barbosa and number 11 Bryce Mitchell. Uh, Barbosa is 22 and 10. He has 13 knockouts and one submission on his record. He is 16 and 10 in the UFC. This will be his 27th UFC fight. Um, he lost his last fight out uh, to Giga Chickadees by not by TKO in the third round. Uh, Bryce Mitchell is 14 and one. Now, when I started looking up information on Mitchell, um, Tapology shows him as 14 and 0, and the UFC has the one loss as being one they lost. Uh, on the Ultimate Fighter show, which are you, everybody else views as exhibitions. So for all intents and purposes, I guess he really is an undefeated. But if you're going to go with what the UFC says, then he is only on a six-fight winning streak instead of 14. Um, and his last win was a unanimous decision over Andre Touchy Feely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny to call him Touchy. Maybe he is. If he's not, he should be. It's the perfect fucking nickname. Uh, they have Mitchell as a minus 165 favorite. Barboza as a plus 145 dog. Um, in this fight, I'm going to take uh, Bryce Mitchell. I guess this is my upset. I'm taking Barboza. I don't think he really has much of a shot, but hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the next fight is a catch weight, uh, 160 pounds. And... Um, there was a whole lot that went on with this fight this week and, and who was actually going to fight Dos Anjos. Um, at one point, they had Islam Makachev taking the fight and then the UFC uh, w went with Moicano to take the fight. And, uh, you know, on social media, um, Makachev was all for it, but apparently when it actually came time to sit down and talk about it, he's the one... Uh, that turned down the fight against RDA, and this is all per Dana White. Now, for Islam Makhachev to get to a title fight, now he has to fight Benil Dariush once Dariush is healthy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the fight. Uh, number six, Rafael, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. He's uh, 30 and 13. He has five knockouts and 10 submissions. I thought he had a lot more finishes for being a top fighter. Mm -hmm. 19 and 11 in the UFC. He won his last fight, um, and it was over Paul Felder by split Aww. decision. Um, his first fight in the UFC was November 15, 2008, and he lost to Jeremy the Heathen Stevens. He's been in the UFC for almost 14 years. 
Um, his opponent is number 11, Hinato Moicano, who is 16-4-1 in the UFC, has nine submission victories, no knockouts. He's 8-4 in the UFC. He's on a two-fight winning streak. And he is another guy that just fought on UFC 271 that is taking this fight on short notice. And he took this one on four days' notice um, after his last fight was a win over Alexander Hernandez. The The line on this one is Dos Anjos is a minus 165 favorite with Moicano as a plus 145 underdog. Um, I'm going with RDA on this fight. Um, I'm going the same, but... That makes sense that uh, Paul Felder jumped on it. To yeah, because that's right. Okay. That um, Paul Felder tried to get involved. I don't think they ever even really gave him much of a thought because, uh, let's face it, at this point in the beatings that he's taken over the over his career, because he's an absolute dog, he's better off behind a microphone. Um, so that'll get us. That was the co-main event. the The main event. For tonight is a welterweight fight with a lot of bad blood, and it's between number one ranked Colby Colby Covington and number six ranked Jorge Masvidal. Covington is sixteen and three. He has four knockouts and four submissions. Um, he's eleven and three in the UFC. Two of his three losses are to Kamaru Usman. Uh, his other loss is to Warley Alves. This was like seven years ago. I don't even remember Warley Alves as a UFC fighter. And he lost that fight by guillotine choke. Um, his last fight was a, a unanimous decision loss to Usman. Um, I don't remember who the win was that was in the middle. Uh, they have him listed as a minus 320 favorite for this fight. And Masvidal is 35-15, and 15, 16 knockouts and two submissions. 12-8 and eight in the UFC. He has a two-fight losing streak. Both of those fights were losses to Usman. Um, his last win was a, a win over Nate Diaz for the BMF title. Um, in that fight, I'm going to go with Street Jesus. I just, I'm, I'm really? a, I do not like Covington well, at either, all. I fucking hate him. And I, I, I just, I, there's no way that I can... Support somebody whenever I don't like him, and I actually like his, like his opponent. I'm rooting for him. He's probably going to win. (laughs) I mean, he may, he may win, but you know, I'm gonna go with Masvidal, and I may even put a little bit of money on it because I mean, that'll almost double my damn money. I might put money on Masvidal too because I want him to win. You would get money by putting money on him, but I just I think it's gonna be Covington. So I'm guessing, by the way, you're talking, you're gonna go with Covington. It's Covington. I don't like it. <laughs> so, just a little bit of uh, extra beyond just the fights. Uh, these guys are four of Kamaru Usman's last five fights. Mm. The only other person to have fought him in the last, well, since December of 2019, is Gilbert Burns. Obviously, he's won all five fights. Um, so, there's a lot of bad blood that's involved in this fight. Uh According to Jorge Masvidal, the bad blood started over a, a financial dispute with between um, Covington and uh, a, a striking coach, uh, Paulo Paulino Hernandez, who Masvidal has been with for a long time, and 
and, and says is like a second father to him. Uh, apparently, Covington didn't pay him what he was supposed to pay him after a fight camp. Uh, he was supposed to have paid him like fifteen grand and paid him, or fifteen or seventeen grand, and paid him like five grand of it. Um, Covington claims that you know it's fake news and that anything where he says is a lie. He's all talk and no walk. But again, we go into the fact that Covington thinks he's a pro wrestler half the time the way that he talks. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and and that's probably part of why I don't like him. I don't like Covington. And in the first first portion of this podcast that you haven't heard or yet because you know you weren't with me whenever I recorded it. Um, I talked about, you know, Covington and his mouth and of course Connor and his mouth. Yeah. And and then and, and Chel Sonnen. Chel Sonnen before the two of them made a career out of just being a mouthy prick. Um but anyway, on another note, Masvidal signed a new deal with the UFC this week. Uh, and according to his management, um, you know, this number Though the numbers in his contract make him one of the top five highest paid fighters in the UFC and allows him to continue to be in the biggest fights that he could possibly be in. And, um, you know, he's always in the main event. This is his fourth straight main event. Uh, you know, uh, in the past, he had expressed a lot of displeasure over his pay leading up to his fights, but he always fought them. So, I mean, even though he wasn't getting paid what he felt he should be getting paid, he still went out there and did his job. Um, so I found a, a source that had the top five before his his new deal, and, and I jotted it down, so I don't know how accurate this is, and I don't even remember what the source was. It might have been like UFC in Albania or some shit that I found. But it had the top five listed – as Amanda Nunes is making six hundred fifty k a fight, Stepe Miocic making seven hundred fifty thousand a fight, uh, Israel Adesanya who signed a new deal before two seventy one and making one million a fight, Khabib at three million a fight, and Connor at three point five million a fight, and, and of course they're at they leave Khabib in there and Connor in there even though they're not um, very active were active at all because Khabib is retired. So, I mean, in my best estimation is that, you know, right now this current deal that Masvidal signed is going to make him more than $650,000 a fight but less than a million because I can't imagine they're going to pay him Izzy money because Izzy's a champ and he's not right now. I'm surprised at those numbers. For some reason, I assume Connor was the highest paid one. When he says he makes a lot more than that, like I, I saw a source that he said he made eight million dollars for that last fight yeah. or some bullshit Just like that. It's a draw, but it makes more sense that it's Stipe and Nunez because they're the ones that have held the belts the longest. They held, of yep. Other champs. So good for them. Okay, guys. I guess that's about all I'm going to have for uh, UFC two seventy two. I'll be back tomorrow to recap the fights and um, find out who did better whenever it comes to the results, me or my wife. Um, I guess uh, we we started talking in, for 273 next month. We're going to expand it to probably just a total episode bullshitting about the, the main card, 
Um, there's a lot of good fights on that one. Headlined by Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. Um, but until then, guys, peace.